dementia researcher with a blog and a rating. Writing a systematic review when developing a novel intervention for dementia. Before I start reading this blog, I am mindful that many of those who read it or listen to this may have some experience of systematic reviews themselves. Thus, before I start, here is my disclaimer. I have conducted and written one systematic review as a lead author and been involved with two others, and this is the extent of my experience. So a systematic review is a rigorous method to searching for information. I guess I might compare it to sorting out my wardrobe, for not only is it logical, it's also rather satisfying, but can be slightly painful somewhere in the middle. Ultimately, though, it points you in the right direction, so you can understand where the gaps are in your wardrobe or in the research literature, and what works and what doesn't work in both your wardrobe and the research literature. It allows you to make a more evidence-based decision rather than going on feel alone. In a recent blog posted on the Nature Journal website, an associate professor of chemical and biochemical engineering explained that systematic reviews can be a great way to understand the history in the area you are working. The remaining contributors to this blog also highlighted valid points such as using a review as an introduction to a field or science, a good source of research experience and a way of understanding critique. For interventionists, a systematic review is also an important part of the bigger picture. Prior to completing my systematic review, I was developing interventions to, um, sorry, delivering interventions to people with dementia, consulting the research evidence and using my clinical judgment to identify perceived gaps to guide my research ideas. In 2008, Craig et al. published the Medical Research Council guidance for the development of complex interventions. They provided a really practical and structured guideline to researchers especially those developing complex interventions, on how to systematically go about developing a new intervention. A key stage is to understand what has gone before and whether the intervention one is developing is likely to have a worthwhile effect. Doing a systematic review is a key component of this process. A complex intervention is one that has multiple interact interacting components. This basically constitutes almost all behavioural interventions, particularly speech and language interventions and interventions for dementia. Craig et al. explained that the first step in developing a new intervention is to identify what is already known about similar interventions and the methods that have been used to evaluate them. When I started my PhD back in 2015, there hadn't been any reviews of this kind examining the functional interventions for people with language-led dementias or primary progressive aphasia. And by functional, I mean interventions focused on activity and participation and including environmental modifications. What there was focused on impairment-based interventions that aim to remediate, alleviate or improve symptoms. Thus, the first thing I did was to do just this, a systematic review of functional communication interventions for people with primary progressive aphasia and their family members. I attended a training course on how to do systematic reviews, which was incredibly useful. I put together a protocol for my review and registered it online with Prospero. 
That was extremely helpful as it forced me to stick with what I said I would do. Having found about 12,309 records on searching the databases, I needed to be extremely strict with myself and not get distracted by any interesting articles. It may be surprising that I'd found so many articles, but actually there is so much variability in the terminology around both primary progressive aphasia and the interventions that I needed to cast a big net to capture the right articles. After going through all the titles and abstracts with another colleague, an independent reviewer, looking at 10% of all of these, and again at 10% of the included items, I was, I was left with a total of only 19 studies. Now, technology is a key component in helping manage these unwieldy numbers and the plethora of data under scrutiny. I use Mendeley and EndNote to manage the articles I found, and since then I've also used Ryan or Ryan and would ex actually really recommend this resource. Above and beyond this, I recommend using Excel and being a rigorous documenter. It's all about organisation and knowing where you left off. If you can make sure it's clear and concise, you can't get lost, then that will work for you. Oh, and I do love a traffic light system of highlighting red for excluded, orange for unsure and green for included. So satisfying. Now, the Nature blog has a handy table about tech at the bottom of the um, blog, actually. Once I had my 19 studies, my plan had been to complete a statistical analysis of all the results of the studies. So dutifully, I collated the data from the outcomes of these studies, but found, unsurprisingly, unfortunately, that each study used a completely different set of measures that were not at all comparable. My other plan had always been to extract the key components of the interventions to inform the development of my own. I did indeed do this using an adapted version of the intervention taxonomy um, developed and adapted by O'Rourke, Power, O'Halloran and Rechevik in 2018. The information I gathered from the review was absolutely key to the development of my intervention. Alongside this, I surveyed 105 clinical speech and language therapists, I held focus groups with people with primary progressive aphasia in their families, and I co-developed an intervention called Better Conversations with Primary Progressive Aphasia. The systematic review had flagged the key components, sorry, the key common components of interventions to date, which included having a communication partner in the intervention, usually a family member, and focusing on building on existing strategies. These were both components that we embedded into the development of better conversations with primary progressive aphasia. We've now almost finished the phase two pilot feasibility study of the intervention across 11 NHS sites, which is due to close on the 31st of January 2021. The next stage of the complex intervention guidelines points me towards an effectiveness evaluation and implementation work. So watch this space. Thank you for listening. Join the Dementia Research bloggers and share your own views.